Down and down again. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. And, um, and yeah, I am just getting over a cold. And it's, it was weird how it happened. Um, so I, I get home, I'm laying in the bed, just kind of just in my thoughts. Sometimes I just do that. Sometimes I just get, get home and like lay down and just like really start thinking about some stuff. And all of a sudden I get the chills really bad. Like when I mean, I get the chills, I get the ch- I'm like shaking uncontrollably. And I have my phone in my hand. I feel my phone. That's how strong the chills were. And I'm like, damn, am I, am I getting COVID? And, um... I finally work up enough strength to get up. I have my fan on. I cut my fan off. I put a long sleeve shirt on because I'm just so cold. I put on all these clothes to warm myself up, and um, I'm still just doing it, going going in and out of sleep or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And then all of a sudden, uh, I, I text my sister and I was like, "Hey, um, can you bring me some orange juice and chicken noodle soup?" And then my fever starts to break and. I don't feel fully better, but I feel a little better. I'm, I'm sore or whatever. Then I get up, do some stuff the next day, and my hands be, get cold again. I'm like damn, damn, this cold's not over. Just, just for a perspective, like my hands never get cold. If they get cold, it's because I'm about to catch a cold. Because it takes so much for my hands to be cold. Um, so, anyways, um, so. My hands get you know, so I say, you know what, I'm just going to go home and rest. So I get home the very next day. My hands warm up. I just take more orange juice, more ginger ale. And it was just really weird. I, and, and I know where it came from. Whenever the seasons change, so two, maybe three times a year. But I, three, is saying, three is being, three is pushing it, I think. But at least two times a year when the weather really starts to change and you, the seasons start to come around that's when I catch a cold. But this one was like, this one was a very soft one, but it hit so fast. I was like, oh my God. So, um, I am feeling better though. Um, but, uh, but it actually gave me time to actually reorganize my notes because my notes were kind of like all over the place. Some of my notes were screenshots on the phone. Some of my notes were written and honestly, I just took my time and was able to do it. So I do feel better about that. So, um, a quick note, a programming note. We're still doing uh, this Wednesday's episode. Uh, normally we do it. Then we're still doing the Grand Slam review as well of AEW later that night. Um, I will also have an episode this Friday. A special episode with a special interview. Um, uh, don't want to give it away. Um, we're actually going to do, as I record this, is Sunday for the Monday show. We're actually going to record this the show on Monday I'm really happy to have this person on. I'll give more details about that uh, uh, on that Friday show. But a lot of content. Um, and I've been asked more recently, do I have a Patreon or something to support? I, honestly, if you guys want to support me, you guys can always PayPal me. Um, 
Arimu ENT at Gmail. That's the, that's the PayPal. Um, but I, I, and people have been asking about Patreon for a long time. I think I'm just going to do one and just say F it. Because uh, you guys want support. I'm not going to stop you guys from supporting me. Um, and I appreciate it. So I, I definitely will keep that in mind. So I will say it again before I get off here. But um, yeah, let's talk about this show. We have so much to talk about. Like, I didn't realize the other day until after I stopped recording on, on the Wednesday night show. We almost an hour talking about AEW. Um, then I was like, well, this, this other show is probably going to be sparse. Every time I say that the last two weeks, I want at least 30 plus minutes. But we have so much to get into. So much I'm just like, wow. Uh, this has been a hell of a year for wrestling. Um, and honestly, I think it's been all a buildup. I think all these things have come together due to the, the pandemic. And I see that in so many places, like at my job, at when I was in school before I graduated. I see all these things where it feels like it was a powder keg. And it was, and now that most countries like the USA are not turning back to, hey, lockdown, it's just things are exploding now. Let's talk about this story, this bizarre story. I read it last week before I recorded it, but I didn't know anything about it. And then Velveteen Dream got out of jail and just went over the edge. So EC3 told an interesting story. He said when everyone was in NXT, black and gold, um, he was he threw a house party. And he said he walked into um, his bathroom. People were doing parties and some people are in the bathroom doing some things that they may or may not should be doing. And uh, he sees like to the left a phone on a stand recording and so he's like what in the blue hell is this and so he you know, looks at it and he he, uh, he um deletes videos and photos because this person was taking pictures of and photos of whoever was peeing and doing whatever and so he then goes and sits on the couch and has an eye line straight to towards um the, the bathroom all of a sudden he sees velveteen dream going in there taking his phone and his stand out this story he told because velveteen dream has been accused recently of recording people in bathrooms so he's confirming the story so but then also ec3 had told us a few people at the party hey just so you know this is who i think was doing this and you might have been recorded doing this i did delete some photos and videos but just so you know, well, apparently some people were really close with Velveteen Dream. And so they told Velveteen Dream. And the last match EC3 ever had on a, in NXT before he got called up was a match with Velveteen Dream where he was badly concussed. Now, there's no proof that Velveteen Dream concussed him on purpose, but that is the overall thought going around. And so um, Velveteen Dream gets out of jail. And he immediately goes to IG Live. That's the thing. I remember seeing a, a, a documentary one time on Death Row Records, and one guy said, "Record exec said, it's like these guys, it's like these rappers get famous and they go to jail. It's like people get out of jail and go on IG Live. It's just the weirdest thing." Well, anyways, Velveteen Dream goes on this tangent, this rant, simply saying EC3 is a liar, saying he's a cokehead, saying he failed a steroid test. EC3 has responded and said he never spelled, uh, failed a a test and how um, he's uh, essentially never um, 
uh, done anything that Velveteen Dream claimed, uh, has accused him of. He said, but he knows the for the facts. I will say this. There's a lot of people that like EC3. You know the thing that surprised me? Because I was a Velveteen Dream, Velveteen Dream fan until the very end. I held on because they never... They, WWE said they investigated. I'm not going to go there. That's your take if you think they did or not. I'm going to just go with the fact that they did. Let's just go off that premise. And I was a Velveteen Dream fan until the bitter end because there was all these accusations. And I was like, man, I don't want to leave this, this, this fandom for this really talented person who clearly needed help. Um, but I was a fan until the very end. I remember still hoping... When he had that uh, that mini movie fight with uh, Adam Cole, that he was gonna win the NXT Championship, and he didn't. That's so like, oh man, they're not gonna go with him. Like the, the too many accusations, which honestly is fair. Um, and WWE says that they honestly it's come out now that they didn't fire him for that, or they didn't they, like they fired him because he was just a PR nightmare, which he is. You know, and I said something a few weeks back. I said, man, if he ever got his act together, Triple H loved him. And, and, and he would, but dude, this too many, dude, he's been in jail for, like, he's been in jail three, he's been arrested three times in the last three, two, three months. It's like he gets arrested once a month. So I'm just like, I, I don't know what to think of all this. And so he, he clearly has a lot of issues and his wrestling, his wrestling career is done. He's never going to be able to be in a public guy again, period, bottom line. But this story is just bizarre, and I want to talk about it because I was like, wow. And it also just feeds into the whole thing of like EC3. Not EC3's lost his two biggest guys who go into back to WWE and Karrion Cross and um, Braun Strowman. There is no more, there is no more controlling narrative. There, that's over, which I don't think ever really started. No one actually cared about. But when you have someone who's Braun Strowman who talks too much and needs really needs direction, then uh, that's on them. But I just want to share that story. Those stories, I was like, man, this is really fucking a weird story. So, anyways, that's just that's where that is right now. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is reportedly getting a push from Triple H. Triple H is looking to give him a push. I mean, I don't know what else they can do. If you think about it, even though he has not been pushed a lot, he still has had a not too bad career. Royal Rumble winner, Intercontinental Champion. I believe a tag team champion, and I believe a U.S. Matter of fact, let's look this up. I believe he's also been a U.S. champion as well. Um, let's see, though. Let's see. Because he's still held. I think the only belts he hasn't had is a world heavyweight title. I mean, he just, don't get me wrong. I will see him with a world championship. Yeah, he's been a U.S. champion as well, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for Nakamura push. I'm all for it. So, bring it on Triple H. Raw goes under 2 million viewers, but at 1.7 million viewers, which WWE is very happy with. They thought it would be better. To be honest with you, this past Monday nights, I'm not big into football anymore, but their, their, their debut for Monday Night Football wasn't really that impressive. Like, if you think about it, like, they have a new broadcast team, and Troy Aikman and... Um, Troy Buck. Troy Buck? I don't think his name is Troy. It's something Buck. Anyways. Uh, but then they had Russell Wilson versus uh, the Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks. No one cared about that game. 
unless you're like a specifically a fan of those two t those two territories. Um, but either way, this, I mean, look here. These numbers are going to stay steady. People are, this is still a honeymoon phase for Triple H era. And he won't, we won't know what he really has in, has in store as it supposedly has more plans in store. Like, but we won't see, we won't get, we won't get a good, um, barometer until he gets a full roster. We've already seen now, like, NXT is officially the third brand now. We're seeing crossover between the two. But we won't know until a year. Once we hit this point next year, then we'll know more of what the fans think about the Triple H. But he he's a fan too, dude. Like, for as much as people give shit to Tony Khan, Triple H is a fan. So he's going to be able to do what he wants to do. And, I, and so I'm believing these numbers are going to stay steady. The Royal Rumble 2023 will be in San Antonio, Texas. Um... Uh, I would love to go to another Royal Rumble. That was fun. But that's that's an interesting place to have it. Uh, San Antonio, last time, I believe last time we had in San Antonio, wasn't it the Shawn Michaels, Sid, uh, Austin, Bret Hart one, where Bret Hart got screwed and Austin won his first Rumble? I think that was, her, I think that was the last one that was in San Antonio. I could be wrong, though. Kevin Owens is now listed in, as the, in the internal WWE books as a babyface, and if you watch Raw, you can tell why. Elias is back on the roster. Ezekiel is gone, so that... That beat down from Kevin Owens finally has the, the bigger brother coming back here. Raw, Johnny Gargano defeated Gable in his first match in nine months. Months, excuse me. Kevin Owens and Austin Theory Brawl after Owens cut a fire babyface promo. Matt Riddle loses to Finn Balor after brawling with uh, Seth Rollins after Riddle refused to join the Judgment Day. Dominique. Defeated Edge by DQ. Edge is laid out, written off TV. Supposedly, he won't be off TV for long, though. Let's hit NXT. I've been saying for weeks, who can beat Mandy Rose? Who's ready to beat her? And I've been saying nobody. I couldn't think of anybody. I completely forgot because they changed her stupid name to Alba Fire. Completely forgot about Alba Fire, who was the longest reigning NXT UK women's champion of all time. So she lost to Sadam Um, She targets Toxic Attraction. That will be a good match. Alba Fire, Gigi Dolan, Alba Fire, uh, uh, Casey, Elby Fire, and Mandy. All those will be dope matches. Alba Fire could be the one to take the NXT Women's Championship from Mandy Rose. Solo Sokoa surprised everyone by winning the North American title. Adding one more title to the bloodline. And um, this was a surprise. I think people thought that Hayes was going to lose the belt tonight to that surprise person. And no one saw this coming. And this just makes the bloodline stronger. This makes everyone hate them more. Um, and this just makes them more dominant. And this proves that Reigns ain't losing that Universal Championship anytime soon. At the end of NXT... If you stay till the end of NXT, you saw this uh, video package with Shawn Michaels' voiceover. And at the end of it, it's a new logo. The logo is black and gold. It looks like Triple H is taking NXT back to its original roots. The black and gold roots. Not developmental. The Triple H-led roots of TakeOvers, which were apparently a band name under Kevin Dunn. And Vincent Man, he, he that, that Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. 
will now be a pay-per-view, not a show. Like how they were having these um, these pay-per-views as TV shows. No, they will now be back to being pay-per-views. Um, or yeah, I watched, uh, excuse me, the premium live events. Uh, they will be TakeOver branded again. And um, they will be big. So this is good news for you NXT Black and Gold fans. As it will be more of an emphasis on what you guys loved about it. So, good to go. Let's hit some news and notes. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title is scheduled for this week on Raw. Mari Gennetti is in the hospital. I believe he's been out since I, since I read that. Um, hope he feels better. Um, I know he's alive. Issues due to his uh, huh. drugs are a hell of a thing. Let's just say that. Bret Hart receives his plaque from the Canadian Walk of Fame. Congratulations to you, Bret. Frey Prince Jr. Last week, I think it was when I said that hey, he had said his he spoke to people within WWE that said that um it was a mistake to keep airing at the end of Clash of the Castle, but apparently that's not true. Apparently that is completely false, and that they were it was meant for him to be singing, and it was supposed to be the Lex Luger move. So that is pretty stupid there. So that's unfortunate. WrestleVotes reported that uh, whoever this WrestleVotes is, he is the most mysterious person, but he has so much accurate information, he or she. It says the world's hot situation is complicated and that Triple H and Creative are open to all ideas. And one of the ideas they have had that they've pitched is that Triple H would come make an on-screen return and he would give Roman Reigns a choice as they want two world champions going into WrestleMania. He would say either you show up on Raw and defend those titles or I snatch one from you. And he would snatch the WWE Championship as that's the one that he's only had since WrestleMania. Um, Here's the thing. They don't want him being pinned, which is fine. And once again, with Solo Sokoa winning that North American Championship, it's just more proof that Reigns ain't losing that belt anytime soon. And when we get to who his next challenger is, he definitely ain't losing that goddamn belt. Here's my take on it. So, you can always do the idea. And I know no one liked it when I said it. You can do the WrestleMania um, 8, and it was a 2000 match, triple threat match for both titles. Reigns gets the first pinfall to retain the Universal title, the second pinfall. You can have his next challenger completely screw him, but he not get pinned so he doesn't lose. Um, like remember, in that match, it was Benoit, Kurt Angle, and Jericho. Kurt Angle was going in as a double champion. He was never pinned and lost both belts. So that is one way. Another way I've seen is that Survivor Series. He's in a ladder match with someone, and one person snatches down one belt, he snatches down the other belt, and they just declare that, hey, this is a new this. Look here. No way is going to please the fans. No way will compl- will please creative. He's going to lose either way. Probably the best way at this point is to snatch away way that is just to have Triple H just snatch away the WWE title and say you are va- look here. You have not been on Raw in this many days. You're vacating it, which he has not been on. When's the last time he was on Raw? It's been more than thirty days. It's been way more than thirty days. And you can't count the Usos or Paul Heyman. As many days as he has not been on there. So, um, it is complicated. And this is a problem. This is why I was not for you uniting, uh, unifying those titles. And that's why I said WWE has a unifying problem. They want to unify everything. 
what's the fucking point? Anyways, SmackDown. Paul Heyman and Jake Paul go at it back and forth. I still have yet to watch that Roman Reigns interview on the Jake Paul podcast. Um, I love the Triple H when he did. Because um, he was just open and honest. And from the snippets I've read, it looks like Reigns was just, he wasn't a character. But um, this did lead to a press conference, which was, dude, it was heavily rumored that the main event of Saudi would be Reigns versus Paul. And I was like, wow, that's two matches in. He's getting a world title match. That's, that's interesting. Um, but these matches are seen as top tier, pay, these pay-per-views, excuse me, are seen as top tier pay-per-views. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, um, they would want a big name. And Paul's not winning. Paul, this is just a showcase for Paul to... Um, be on um, the other end with a top tier talent. Um, so I'm not surprised there. I don't usually watch the Saudi shows. And I think, when was the last Saudi show I watched? I don't remember, even remember the last Saudi show I watched. I don't, I think the last Saudi show I watched was. And this was one of the first ones where it had Triple H versus John Cena. Um, I don't usually get into the Saudi matches because I don't. They feel like, for me, my mind frame. And I know they got, they've gotten better, but they they felt like afterthought pay per views. All right, we have to put this together. So I, I so it doesn't bother me. I know it will still bother some people uh, with the whole Saudi, which is fine. That's your politics. It's not mine. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is not, I have no feelings towards one way or the other. Solo Cole defends the North American Championship versus Mad Cat Moss, who said he wanted to bring down the bloodline. Well, you're not going to do this with a loss. Ricochet defeated Sami Zayn after Sami Zayn got in two with Jey Uso. Bailey defeated Raquel, and as damage control is being down Raquel, Shotzi, who is now a face returns and i can't believe i forgot to write this down i think it didn't get translated the notes damage control on monday night raw ended up becoming the new raw excuse me the new women's tag team champions as dakota kai now in her third reign as a tag team women's champion now has her longest reign she is officially at six days um as of this recording her first reign was 56 minutes her second reign was three days, and now this is her longest reign, and all have been with tag team women's gold, so uh, good for them. I can't believe I completely forgot that. But anyway, Shotzi is now a face, and supposedly she's going to get elements of her face run back, which means she was and will be probably getting a, a tank. Ronda Rousey's having an interview, and Liv Morgan interrupted and said some good points. She said, hey, I demand your respect. Like, we're going to have an Extreme Rules match. Like... I'm the only person on this earth to beat you twice. Like, I demand your respect. And um, I would have to imagine this sort of title change happens here. But then again, this dude, it's, it's an extreme rules match. There's so many ways to get out of this. And I'm surprised we haven't seen any follow-up with Shayna Baszler. I'm surprised. I, I really thought those two would, her, Shayna and Ronda would come together and say, this little sneaky prick needs to lose his belt. So, But she beat Shayna pretty decisive, so. Drew McIntyre has challenged Karrion Cross, and we're, ho- we're that's going to be a hell. That's going to be speaking of a fight. 
that will be a hell of a battle at Extreme Rules. I'm looking forward to that, actually. The Brawling Brutes are the new number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships, which we honestly, Pete Dunne and uh, I forgot his tag team partner's name. Excuse me, I'm still getting over that cold. Those two versus the Usos, that, that's a fresh match. That is actually pretty dope. Um, that's the right call. And also in this match, one of the Viking Raiders, and I forgot to write his name down. Uh, I will say this. When the War Raiders, that's what it used to be called in RH, they were the one of the hottest tag teams in the world. When they got to WWE, even in their first NXT run where they were former NXT tag team champions, they never felt as hot. That RH crowd, man, they just did so many. Like, that crowd was just so hot all the time for their, their, their wrestlers. And it's just night and day. Like, NXT didn't, I mean, NXT crowd obviously was hot, but they still felt cold compared to what they were in ROH. And then they've bailed injuries, bad bookings. I just feel bad for those because I remember the War Raiders just being so, so hot. So, anyways, I thought I'd bring that up. Some more notes. WWE has been restructuring um, their entire company since the takeover. And a bunch of people in the office have been let go, including people with vice president statuses. For, for those of you guys who don't know, like, and this is not to paint WWE in a bad light. I'm just I'm getting to a point. If you've, I don't know how many people have actually worked for a corporation and been promoted into a corporation. First of all, it's all politics. Second of all, it's not just all politics, but but lordy oh my lordy, it's so they, they make up titles to give people certain promotions and to give them certain statuses. So that way it's like, hey, this is now seen as you being over this set of people and this. So when you have so many different uh, t- takeovers pun intended but not intended um you actually then have to then remove certain people from certain positions that are made up and either you lay them off or you lower them usually people don't want to take a lower grade because then that's less, less you take a lower grade the money goes down with it so and, and also the benefits go down with it but i wanted to say it because i think a lot of times we put so much light on the wrestlers it takes so many people to do the, the brand justice that they deserve some shine, too. So hopefully they will all find work and it all works out for them. So uh, shout out to you guys. Kazarian is reportedly going back to Impact Wrestling. Ricky Steamboat will return to the ring for an ind- independent, independent promotion. And he will t- return to a one-on-one match. No one knows his opponent yet. I find it interesting he turned down that Ric Flair match, though. I'll tell you right now, so many people, it's come out that they turned down that Ric Flair match. I don't think anyone wanted to do anything with that Ric Flair match and potentially him being just, who knows? They probably just didn't like the pitch of the idea. So that was very interesting when I saw that. AEW, Jeff Hardy to return to the ring soon, or to TV soon at least. MJF is engaged. I didn't know he was dating anybody. He's a gorgeous mm-hmm. little redhead. Um, congratulations to him. Omega has heat now as a question mark. Weeks after that first first town meeting where Kenny Omega was had spoken, uh, Young Bucks had spoken, I think Jericho spoke. I think it was it was announced then that no, supposedly Jericho, uh, excuse me, Omega was like the harshest of everybody, saying it was a tough love kind of thing. You know, people had to grow up, and apparently he has heat now. And apparently, like it's apparently that rubbed people a lot a, 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 the the wrong way. And um, 
And maybe this is all coming out now because people are now taking sides. They're saying apparently the Bucks are heavily supported in the back. Apparently the Bucks are well liked and they have everyone's full support. And people are like, hey, no, whatever you do, but Omega is apparently now people are saying, and this is the thing. I said this a few weeks ago when I was talking about my personal experience about how when you're in those kind of meetings, you usually usually how it goes in politics. Air quotes, you let the the the, the heads talk and everyone who was saying they're gonna say something, they don't say something. Because usually you're being talked down to in the air quotes, doing air quotes, you're gonna see me doing air quotes again, uh, type of uh, tough love type of thing. And it's like, it's seen as one of those things where it's like, hey, you don't actually have a say, even though we say you have a say for legal purposes. And maybe that now this is just coming out, like Omega's been all over Japan. Like Omega was supposed to be in Japan promoting the AEW video game for their games con, but he's not gonna be promoting it. But apparently he's been scanned by Sega for some other projects. He met up with, uh, Kota Ibushi, you know, they used to be called the, Gold, the Golden Lovers. Um, he's been all over the place in Japan. Um, but apparently, like, he does have some heat, supposedly, um, because of that. And apparently, he said, I wouldn't have hired 80% of you. And apparently, he was looking at Will Ospreay and laughing. Some people said it was a, in a comedic way. Some people said, no, he was being dead serious. I mean, my take, and the only reason I haven't wrote this down in my notes is because I said, well, my take on it is completely he might have been being comedic to try to because he probably felt like he was going too hard but either way people said he went very hard on that and so i feel like and this this is why these stories are so weird to me where kenny omega was only in the room to get the dog larry the dog i don't that's why i don't have it that's why i'm like people say sometimes you're too diplomatic i'm not trying to be diplomatic but when you hear stories like that i just it's hard for me to believe all right, there's a melee going on, uh, and I'm just going to run it. Oh, the dog, not the dog, no. I just don't believe that, you know. But apparently he has some heat now, but the Bucks have everyone's full support of, hey, these guys don't do anything wrong. But you know what? The thing they did wrong was going in that fucking locker room. Period, bottom line. Speaking of Japan, New Japan is forced to cancel their burning spirit show due to Typhoon to a, due to a typhoon threatening to hit landfall so everyone please be safe those things are nothing to joke around with and as we wrap up i have some thoughts i've seen the pw top 20 wrestlers out of the 500 i have not read the entire 500 list if you think i am you can go fuck all the way off um but i wanted to highlight the top 20 because i screenshot the top 20 and I saw some people complaining about Moxley's spot. And here's how much I didn't even pay attention to it. I legitimately knew who was number one because they said who it was. And then I just screenshot it. And then I was like, I'll talk about it later. And then I said, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even look at the list. Um, and then I saw that there's apparently a top top 500 black wrestlers list. Didn't know those 500 black wrestlers. That is amazing to know. Um, so I screenshot the top 10. So I'll talk about those. Let's talk about the PWI one, because that one brings controversy every year. <laughs> and by the way, Cultaholic on YouTube did a great 30-minute documentary highlighting the controversial five-star rating from Dave Meltzer, while I thought it was great because it highlighted things to me, because I don't pay attention a lot of times. Like When I bring up, hey, this person had five stars, it's because I'm like, oh, wow, this person never had a five-star match. Like, like when I, ne- when I, when I realized... Seth Rollins never had a five-star match until his one with Cody Rhodes. I was like, oh, wow, I did not know that. 
I would have taken that the Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, air quotes again, match at WrestleMania 31 would have been highlighted as a five-star match because of how Brock and uh, Reigns carried it and then how Rollins ended it. That didn't have one. But they highlighted the, the the way Meltzer thinks and his enjoyment. But I don't. But here's the thing about Meltzer: he can say all he wants to. That is just his opinion. But here's the problem: his opinion is the Bible of wrestling journalism because he's the one been doing it for so long. I didn't realize my connection to Meltzer, where I have a friend, a really good friend of mine, who had a good friend. They they they, they used to gamble. Uh, they're bookies legit bookies just to make that put that out there and he just passed away and uh he was best friends with Meltzer and Meltzer actually wrote an obituary from him in the, in the observer I said oh my god that's so freaking cool to see the stories that I've been told over the last several years that Meltzer told the same stories in the obituary did not know that I said that's fucking cool um <clears throat> but um the same way the source, you hip hop fans will know this. The source was the Bible of of of, of journalism for so long because they had the five mic rating. Double XL had their own ratings as well. It didn't match up. I, I for as much as I like Double XL more than the source, because anytime I got the source, I can tell you right now I barely read articles. I went right to who got who got who got what mics. The source I read the articles. It's like Playboy, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't look at the pictures. I read the articles. Um, but Double XL, I did read the articles. I, I remember several articles I read from Double XL. I don't remember any articles I read from the source. I remember the five mics, though. That's why you got that. That was the Bible. That was the thing that got people going. The same way Madden didn't say, well, we don't want to start any controversy. Well, you have these fucking rankings of what these talented people are. Of course, you're the Bible. You're the only game in town that can rank these guys. Why wouldn't they? What? What are we doing here, people? Um, so anyways, um, and the source did something I remember in, might have been the mid-2000s, where they went back and they said, hey, we're going to redo something. We, we rethought some things. Like, I didn't know that at, when the Chronic, the first one came out, they only gave it four and a half. How bizarre. What? What? They end up giving it, they end up coming back and giving it five mics. Um, I believe Eminem's second album, the Marshall Mellis LP, they gave it four and a half. They gave it five mics. That's to me, that's my favorite. That's my favorite Eminem album of all time. Um, so they went back and did all these things. Well, Meltzer, like they, they did such a comprehensive. Even though they use Wikipedia, they uh, Hall, they gave a very comprehensive um, view into his thinking of wrestling and what he likes. But that's the thing Meltzer doesn't realize a lot of times. And you might not care, which is fine. But you don't have the platform you have and you don't care. You care. Um, he gave an in-depth look into what he likes. And how the mid-2000s had had only seven, seven star, I mean, excuse me, had, only had seven five-star matches. He never gave any of the Shawn Michaels, Undertaker matches at WrestleMania five stars. Like when you look at that alone, that's disrespectful. <laughs> I've I've had people who still say they like they like twenty six better than twenty five. Twenty five better than twenty six. Some people say that one of those is the best WrestleMania match of all time. So it's very very fascinating. And so and also think about this: Impact has only had one five star match in their entire existence. 
that was the, the unbreakable three-way. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. You know, AJ Styles, I think this is only five-star match. And, 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 and well, that's just, to me, I think he did a great job doing it. So I think you should watch it. If you have 30 extra minutes this week, please watch that. That's uh, You guys know I don't plug much stuff. When I do, trust me, I think it gives a very good look into his thinking and it also gave me a good look, at, look into my fandom and what I would consider five. This dude did not give classic matches, which he is called classic matches, five stars. He just gave FTR and Briscoes two five-star matches in six months. <laughs> and, and you see how his mind goes on and how picky he can be, but he really does prefer Japanese wrestling over American. He just does. Anyway, let's talk about this top 20 PWI wrestlers. Just wanted to say that before I get into this. Reigns, Reigns Supreme at number one. Okada's two. Punk is three. Page is four. Adam Page, Hangman. Bobby Lashley is five. Cody Rhodes is six. Oh, Lord. I knew I was going to mess this up. Oh, Brian Danielson is seven. El Torijo uh, is number eight. Big E is number nine. Grisham, Jonathan Gresham is 10. Takahashi is 11. Moxley is 12. Cardona, Matt Cardona is 13. Josh Alexander, who's also the cover boy for this particular issue, is what, 14. Tanahashi, 15. MJF, 16. Rollins, 17. Adam Cole, 18. Kenny Omega, 19. And Drew McIntyre is 20. So let's break this down. So... If you look at the year all these men have had, Josh Alexander's had a hell of a year. If you look at his year, and I believe this goes from 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 September to September, if I'm not mistaken. He went from winning the Impact title to then being cashed on by Moose to then regaining it to then just re. He's been he's been on a tear since he won it from since he won it. Um, he definitely deserves to be a top twenty. Tanahashi's been the same way. MJF is a very interesting character because he very rarely wrestles. This is, this is, I'm assuming just for all, I assume they go through all-around character development for this when they, when they put this together. Because MJF feels special because he comes out every week, but he doesn't wrestle every week. Like, he wrestles what? Once every three months? Once every two months? Something like that? So, he feels special all the time. Rollins has just been... Rollins has been on. Like what? When's the last time Rollins probably took a break to have his kid? Yeah, he's been on a roll. Matt Cardona has reinvented himself. He got hurt and had to give up multiple titles, but he's back. Um. So I will say this to nitpick here, just because that's what we're doing. That's what we have our own list, right? I don't think Moxley should have been 12. Moxley should have been top 10 for sure. The fact that Big E is top 10 is amazing to me. And fun fact, just you guys didn't, if you guys didn't know, this week as of last year was Big E's WWE cash-in championship win. But Big E had a hell of a year before that. He broke away from the New Day, won the Intercontinental title, defended Intercontinental title, at WrestleMania, lost it, won the money in the bank, cashed in, and won the WWE Championship. 
It's hard to remove anybody from their top 20. And I think you have to put Reigns over Okada because Reigns is... For, I get it. If you guys have Moxley fatigue, you have to have Reigns fatigue. I don't have either fatigue, just to, for the record. If you if you put if you look at the body of work that Reigns has done and Okada's done, it's so easy to put Okada at one every year. The same way New Japan has an Okada problem. Let's just be real. They're gonna stay with their tried and true. They they refuse to let Osprey win this year's um, climax G one. It's so easy for them to stay with their tried and true. It's so easy to give Okada one every year. But Reigns is having an historic run. Like for, for modern times, dude, he's going to hit a thousand days as world champion. Which, and, and that's straight. I never thought we would see that again. We thought we thought CM Punk's run was something. 400 and whatever days. We then thought Brock Lesnar's run was something. Which was, what, 485 days or whatever the fuck it was. I never thought we would see another thousand day run as a world champion. Never. When Reigns came back and won that championship in that triple threat match against Braun Strowman and Brock and um, Bray Wyatt, I never thought this would be a thing. But it was book smart in the beginning. He faced off against his cousin and made his cousin fall in line. And the, the, the tribal truth thing is something different. He's never going to have another run like this ever again. They just won't be able to get away with it. Um, but I don't think what, what you're seeing right now in WWE specifically, is a very unique thing. I will say this, they experimented with Punk. They started with Punk by giving him this long title reign where he didn't main event all the time. I mean, how many times did he main event? Shit. Very few. Very few. Anyways, the point is, I just don't think you could put Okada over him. And honestly, maybe next year, because... But this time next year, everyone may have Reigns fatigue, but he's definitely gonna have a thousand. How many days is he had now? Let's just let's just look. Let's look. He's currently at eight hundred and nine days. Is that straight? Now that's combined. I don't want to know combined. I want to know. Let's look. All right. Let's see. All right. So he's at 748 days. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to believe he will keep that belt for another 200 and something days. He's going to touch that. We just have to put him there. We have to. Um, Punk. I would take. I would actually put Adam Page over Punk. I'll put Page at three, honestly. I'll put Punk at four. Bobby Latch's had a hell of a year. Rhodes had a hell of a year. Um, yeah, I think the only uh, thing that you can call air quotes egregious is that the fact that John Moxley's not in top ten. Otherwise, I, I don't think his list is that bad, actually. Let's get into that top ten of the black wrestlers list, which I, which like I said, I didn't know there's 500 different black wrestlers. That's, just, that's awesome to know. But the top ten goes as this. Number one is Bianca Belair. Number two is Swerve Strickland. Number three is Bobby Lashley. Number four is Carmelo Hayes. Number five is 
Jonathan Gresham. Number six is Ricky Starks. Number seven is Jay Cargill. Number eight is AC Mack. Number nine is Big E. And number 10 is Frontman Jossie. Um, so I don't, I'm not very familiar with Frontman Jossie, to be honest with you. The rest of them I'm very familiar with. Um, this actually looks right, in my opinion. Um, the, I'm a little... I, the person you couldn't pick is Ricky Starks. Because the FCW Championship isn't a real title. It's something that's a placeholder. Um, just so you can see what this person will look like with, with gold around their waist. Um, but two women in the top ten... Honestly, they have dominated their their respective years. Look at how Becca, uh, for going from September to September, look at how Bianca Bella started chasing the championship, getting the championship, and now she's been on a hell of a run. I think she's only been pinned once since being the champion. I would have to imagine Bailey's going to take that belt from her, though. Jay Cargill, who knows when she's losing that title. Uh, Jonathan Gresham has had a hell of a year as well. I know people didn't like how his ROH World title run came to an end, but... Uh, he's had some some fire matches. I'll tell you that. Bobby Lashley's in, in, in another top ten. And Swerve Strickland. I mean, uh, I like the guy. You know, I think he's gonna be a hell of a heel for sure. I could definitely see him holding that TNT Championship in, in very very heelish fashion. So, anyways, th- those are my thoughts on those things. Um, please do enjoy this week. As we're gonna see a new AEW World Champion crown, we're gonna see a new AEW World Tag Team Champions crown. This will be a big week for AEW and hopefully a real reboot to what was the end of a uh, very interesting year for them in a very interesting last month. And like I said, program note: there will be a Friday show this week as I'm going to do a special interview with someone. Please tune in. It is uh, it's gonna be dope. So, anyways, enjoy your week. Have a blessed one. I'm still chemical. This is, I see things a little differently. And I am out.